It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at 1400ESPN.net and podcast at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios just outside the city limits of Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan on this Monday, December 20th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We'll be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight here on ESPN at 1400. This is the final edition of the game until the new year. We will take next Monday off and be back with you in two weeks' time on Monday, January 3rd. Coming up on tonight's episode, around 6.15, we'll be joined by co-host of the game and host of... The Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario, David McKeg Jr. to talk about what's going on in Sioux St. Marie, Ontario, and the Algoma region. Special guest tonight is Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, Mark Yule, who will join co-host Butch Davis and I around 6.30 to talk about what's going on with high school sports in the state of Michigan. And Butch will stay with us for the remainder of the show talking about Metro Detroit sports and national sports in the round table. Before we start our show, I want to thank our engineers here in the studios of ESPN 1400, Matt Pocket and Coral Howe. We, have, we were having some technical difficulties, almost thought we weren't going to have a show tonight, but the boys came through in the clutch and we appreciate it here on the game. Let's start with local sports and high school basketball. Let's start with the boys from this past week on Monday night. Ingedine dropped their first game of the season at home, falling to Munising 74 to 32. Tuesday night, boys basketball, St. Ignace over Pickford 66 to 51. Cedarville Detour, they knock off Newberry 57 to 31. Haas Sweeney with 15 points for the Islanders in that one. Aiden Andres added 10 points for Cedarville Detour. Claudio Bestolfi scored 15 points for the Newberry Indians. Thursday night, Cedarville Detour won again, and they topped Brimley at Brimley, 57-31. Five players in double figures for the Islanders, including Kaysen Smith, who had 18 points. Jack Wilderspin had 15, Garrett Newell 14, Haas Sweeney 12, and Mike Perkins 10 going to win a lot of games when you have five players in double figures for the Brimley Bays Perry LeBlanc he led the way with 16 points as Brimley loses their first game of the season they're now 2-1 Cedarville Detour improves to 2-1 Sioux High Blue Devil boys basketball team notched their first win of the year at home on Thursday as they knock off St. Ignace 48-42 to improve to 1-2 on the season Dominic Haller led the Blue Devils in offense, a very balanced offense for the Suhai Blue Devils. He had 10 points, while Carter Oshelski, Max Scott, and Callan Campbell added seven points each for the Blue Devils. Kevin Frazier had 18 points to lead St. Ignace, who are now one and two overall. 
On Thursday, Rudyard, they knock off Newberry in a big way, 82-49. to Four players in double figures for the Bulldogs. EJ Suggett had 17 points, Brett Mayer 16, and Austin Warner added 11, while Tate Besteman poured in 10. Hayden McNamara scored eight points for Newberry as Newberry loses that game. And on Saturday, the Rudyard Bulldogs boys remain unbeaten as they knock off Lake Leelanau St. Mary. By the score of 82-63, to Rudyard now 3-0 and on the season. Big game for a couple of their players. EJ Suggett with 26 points. Tate Bestman with 25 as the Bulldogs, as I mentioned, 3-0 and on the season. Games tonight in high school boys basketball. Alpena is at Sioux High. You can hear that game here in a little bit, around 645 over on 1230 WSOL with Dave Watson and Ray Bell. Hillman is at Cedarville Detour. Ingadine hosts St. Ignace, and Mackinac City is at Brimley. Tuesday night in girls basketball, the Sioux High Blue Devils were down five points with 23 seconds left, but they would come back on a three-pointer by Hannah Maurer as the Blue Devils knock off Gaylord 59-57. Laura Rebner scored a varsity career-high 18 points for the Blue Devils, while Mackenzie Bell and Taylor Pratt added 10 for Sioux High in a very big win. Brimley knocked off Munising on a Tuesday night at home. As they win, Austin, or rather Autumn Tremblay scored 19 points for Brimley, and Sierra LeBlanc and Sadie McGuire added 11 points each as Brimley wins that game over Munising in convincing fashion. Engadine also on Tuesday. They knock off Manistique on the road 54 to 29. Wednesday night in girls basketball, Cedarville detour over Newberry 42 to 19. Thursday, the Sioux High Blue Devils dominated St. Ignace in girls basketball from start to finish as they defeated St. Ignace for the fourth straight time 51 to 29. On Friday, Cedarville Detour edged out Brimley at home 41-40. Newberry at Rudyard was postponed. And two girls games on Saturday, Rudyard, they dropped their first game of the year. Close one as they lose to Lake Leelanau St. Mary's 47-45. Carly Mara with 12 points for Rudyard in that one. And the Sioux High Blue Devils, they fall to DeWitt on Saturday, 52-35. Laura, Laura Interrebner had 14 points for the Blue Devils, and Mackenzie Bell added 10 for DeWitt. Madison Yule had 15 points. She's the daughter of our guest coming up at 6.30, Mark Yule. So I'm sure Mark will have a lot to say about that game. Games tonight in girls' high school basketball. Sioux High is at Alpena. And St. Agnes travels to Engadine tomorrow. Brimley scheduled to face Atlanta in Mackinac City. Sioux High Hockey over the weekend. They took part in a holiday tournament in Big Rapids. The Blue Devils would fall to Jackson Lumen Christie on a Saturday night by the score of 4-1 to one and then skated to a 4-4 tie against Big Rapids last night. The Blue Devils now 4-5-1 and one on the season. They will resume play on Friday, January 8th where they will host Fenton at the Big Bear Arena. We'll talk more about the OHL and NLJHL with David McKeg Jr. coming up around at 6.15. The Sioux Greyhounds go 1-1 one one last week, losing at Windsor 4-3 in overtime, and then skating to a 4-3 overtime win on Friday night at Kitchener. The Hounds still in first place in the West Division with a record of 15-9-2. They're tied with Windsor atop the division with 32 points. The Hounds will be off this weekend, and they are scheduled to return on Wednesday, December 29th at home to Sudbury and travel to Saginaw on Thursday, December 30th. 
You can hear both those games over on Rock 101 with Jerry Liscom Jr. NOJHL this past week, the Sioux Eagles play three games at Puller Stadium. They lose, rather they win on Wednesday over the Sioux Thunderbirds by the score of a 2-1 to one in overtime. Jack Mortson with the game winner for the Eagles. The Thunderbirds would take Friday night's contest against the Sioux Eagles also at Puller Stadium as Tyson Doucette would score the game winner as the Thunderbirds knock off the Sioux Eagles 5-2. And the Sioux Eagles would win on Saturday night at home as they knocked off Greater Sudbury in overtime by the score of 4-3. Chase Teller with two goals in that one, including the game winner. The Eagles currently eight points behind the Sioux Thunderbirds for first place in the West Division. They still have four games in hand, and the Eagles are scheduled to resume play on Thursday, January 6th at Greater Sudbury and their next home game scheduled for Friday, January 7th, where the Eagles will host Blind River. We'll have that game right here on ESPN 1400 with yours truly and Rob Horn, starting with the pregame show at 7.15. The Sioux Thunderbirds' next action will be on Friday, January 7th, as they will be at Hearst. The Sioux Indians midget AAA hockey team was at number 6 Oakland this weekend. Uh, the Indians did play very well. They lost in overtime on Saturday 3-2 and fell on Sunday 4-1. to In that Sunday game, the Indians received 15 penalties while Oakland just two. It's amazing they only lost four to one when you have those stats against you. The Indians are off for the holidays and will be back at home on Saturday, January 8th, as they will take on Oakland, same team they played this past weekend at 4 p.m., that game at Puller Stadium, and then Sunday, January 9th at 10 a.m., at the Taffy Abel Arena. Laker hockey off for the holidays. They will return to play on Friday, January 7th and Saturday, January 8th, where they will be at Bemidji State. The Laker men's and women's basketball teams both in action this weekend and here in a few minutes. The Laker men's team fell yesterday to Lynn down in Melbourne, Florida by the score of 76-71. to Lakers did stage a very spirited comeback. They were down double digits with just one minute remaining. They got it to within one, but they couldn't get the victory in Florida. Malik Adams led the Lakers with 22 points, including 9 of 18 from the field. Xander Okerlund excuse me, poured in 14 points, while Timon Bassett, Back in the lineup for the first time since the beginning of the season, he had 13 points. The Lakers will close out the 2021 portion of their schedule tonight as they are taking on Florida Tech, the holiday classic tournament host. And that game is scheduled to tip off around 7.30 in Melbourne, Florida. The Laker women's team also in Florida as they are taking part in the St. Leo's Hilton Garden in Tampa Wesley Chapel Classic. That's a long title right there. And they would fall on Friday to St. Leo by the score of 86 to 41. Mackenzie Bray and Madison Raymond led the Lakers in that one. Bray with 15 while Raymond had 14. And yesterday, the Laker women would fall to Southern New Hampshire by the score of 78 to 63. Madison Raymond with a big game in that one at 28 points, including going 15 of 18 from the free throw line. So the Laker women already in their holiday break. They'll resume action the first week of January at home where they will start their conference play, or I should say restart their conference play once again. We're going to take a break here on the game, but when we come back, we'll be joined by co-host David McKegg Jr. as we will talk more about the OHL, the NOJHL, 
and all the craziness with COVID-19 going on in the National Hockey League. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Welcome back to The Game on ESPN 1400. Coming up next, we are scheduled to be joined by co-host Butch Davis and the executive director the Michigan High School Athletic Association, Mark Yule. Joining us now, co-host of the game here on ESPN 1400 and host of the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, for the last time in 2021 on the game here Monday nights. But don't fear, he'll be back here in two weeks' time when we have our next broadcast on January 3rd, 2022. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Kegger, how are you doing on this last Monday before Christmas? You have your Christmas shopping done. Scotty, my friend, I am doing great. You know, I do not have all my Christmas shopping done, unfortunately. I'm one of those last-minute type individuals. Not all the time I've been that way. Just the last couple years I have been. I don't know if it's because COVID's got me out of whack or what, but I still got a couple things to grab, and I'm hoping to get them done this week before the Christmas Eve rush that occurs at the Sault Ste. Marie Station Mall or whatever facility I have to go to to get that gift. Uh, but either way, I'm excited that it's Christmas time. And I actually, Scotty, I, I'll be on vacation until January the 12th, so I may not talk to you till January the 17th on this show, my friend. That's right. I forgot you were going uh, <laughs> south of Sioux, Ontario, and so safe travel travels uh, yes. to you and your fiance Hannah. Sounds like a great time. So we'll give you a pass for a few weeks, Dave, and certainly you'll have <laughs> lots to say when you come back. Well, Dave, you mentioned uh, COVID-19, and unfortunately it's becoming more and more a part of our sports world again. But there were some games played over the past week in the Ontario Hockey League and the NOJHL. A lot of games canceled, but the suit teams were able to play in the OHL the Sioux Greyhounds finished their 2021 portion of the schedule with a couple games in overtime. They would fall to Windsor 4-3 on Thursday in overtime and then skate to a 4-3 overtime win on Friday in Kitchener. The Hounds are scheduled to return on Wednesday, December 29th when they will host Sudbury. You can hear that game on Rock 101. And Dave and the NLJHL, uh, lots of games canceled there, but the Sioux Eagles were able to get three games in at Polar Stadium. They would win on Wednesday over the Sioux Thunderbirds by the score of 2-1 to one in overtime. The Thunderbirds would get back at the Eagles on Friday, knocking them off 5-2. to two. And then the Eagles would go into the holiday break with an overtime win over Greater Sudbury by the score of 4-3. to three. So the Sioux Greyhounds tied with Windsor for first place in the OHL. Sioux Thunderbirds in first place in the NOJHL's West Division. The Eagles eight points behind the Thunderbirds for first place. They do have four games in hand. So the Sioux teams have been able to keep playing, Dave, and really all three of those teams doing very well this season. You know what, for for real, that's the best way to put it. And the Sioux Ste. Marie Greyhounds, we said this on numerous accounts, that uh, this is a team that maybe is slightly exceeding um, the expectations that maybe some would have predicted. But if you really look at this roster and the way this team is built, there really shouldn't be any surprises. And it's great to see that they're playing. COVID obviously is uh, the headline of conversations once again, as it has been basically, I'd like to say since March 2020, but it's actually yep. been a bit before that, actually. Uh, so we're hitting two years plus with uh, this pandemic in terms of how it's infected the athletic side. But obviously, as you mentioned, Scott, the Sault Ste. Marie Athletics are still in full flight. Uh, the Hounds are still running and the birds are still flying. So, you know, they it's good to see currently. I do expect 
Obviously, I'd be very surprised if some restrictions didn't come into place in the very near future, but who knows? Let's remain optimistic and let's hope that there are no pauses or hindrances like we're seeing a lot more in the National Hockey League than the Ontario Hockey League right now. But you mentioned when the Hounds won overtime, I think it was a good win against Kitchener, uh, former, you know, obviously well known here in the community, the Sioux, Robert Kalisti, uh, was named first star of that game and, you know, if you look at the goals that were scored in the game, Cole McKay find his way to the, on, the, on the score sheet. You have Rory Cairns, who's done well. Uh, Ty Carte was has done very well himself as as well. And, you know, I really feel like the team has come all together. And it's not just a matter of who's putting points up on the board. It's the ones who are doing things away from the puck. And I think that's what Kalisti has done a pretty good job of, and particularly that game. But you obviously expect guys like Cole McKay, Rory Cairns, those guys to be forces on the ice, as well as Kalisti and uh, of course, also, uh, if you look at more players on their roster, such as um, um, Bryce uh, McConaughey, Barker, sorry. So this is a good team that's well put together. And I really think that the Hounds are in a position that they are, are for real and hopefully stops the season from them, from them to be able to continue the success and momentum. And with the NOJHL, I think this is a good break for the NOJHL to have, right? Like if you look, today is the 20th. There isn't a game in the NOJHL till January 1, which is Elliott Lake and Espanola. So that is almost two weeks off. You're hitting more of the 12-day range. But it's getting people time to go spend with their families, and hopefully they follow proper COVID protocols and stay safe to not expose themselves or put themselves at any risk uh, to potentially attract uh, the virus because that gives a nice little break for people to stay at home, rest up, and then hopefully coming back in the new year, it allows people to be uh, you know, symptom-free. It allows no issues to go on with COVID as we really haven't seen a huge amount uh, of it uh, in comparison to what's broadcast in the National Hockey League, but we still hope and expect the kids can remain safe because we hope the season can continue because it's been great to see hockey. It's been great to see sports overall, my friend here in Sioux and also Sioux, Michigan. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, let's end our segment with the National Hockey League. And COVID-19 is really affecting almost a quarter of the teams in the NHL. We'll talk more about the Detroit Red Wings with the Butch Davis coming up in hour two. But they have uh, stopped all activities until after Christmas. A quarter of the NHL teams have been shut down through at least the upcoming weekend. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets and Montreal Canadiens, the eighth and ninth teams that have uh, had to pause activities because of positive COVID-19 tests among players. They joined the Detroit Red Wings, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, and then on Sunday, Colorado, Florida, Calgary, Nashville, Boston. Dave, a quarter of the teams are out, and you know all but one player is vaccinated. And so this COVID-19 pandemic and with the new variants, unfortunately, we thought maybe at 2021 with the vaccines that we would be through this, but uh, you know, things in the sports world and it's not just the NHL, it's college basketball, it's the NFL, we have two Tuesday night games, NBA uh, you know, I, I don't think this is uh, March of 2020, but it certainly uh, causes some havoc on the NHL and pretty much all of sports right now It has, you know what, it's so unfortunate you know, Steve Eisman, obviously someone that uh, I would consider a role model playing that I really liked watching when I was younger, and I'm sure you being a Red Wing fan, you can attest to that. Uh, so when his word is spoken, it is well-respected. He's a very, 
Uh, straightforward man. He's definitely probably the best general manager in hockey still, as I openly say that. Uh, no offense to Sioux native Kyle Dubas, but you know, they, the Steve Eisman had a very good quote that he even had on Twitter. He's just saying that he just wishes that the, we've been following all the vaccination rules in terms of the play. Is there not a safe way that we could adhere to to have the players play? Essentially is what he was leaning towards. Now, the big thing is the Olympics. Right, it seems yeah. the way that's been announced that the Olympics won't be happening for uh, the hockey side of things in terms of professional athletes going to that, which is hugely unfortunate, especially if you're Canada. It would have been nice to see McDavid, McKinnon, and Crosby play together. It would have been absolutely mm. something. I would have, I would have rather preferred the Olympics be pushed. Uh, to a, to next year, uh, even though that kind of closes the gap on the 2020, uh, 20, I guess that would be 2026, right? Would be the next Olympics after that. My math is certainly correctly Correct. around, yeah. around that area. So I know that would shorten the gap on that, but that, who cares? We've done a push for the Summer Olympics, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I feel like that would have been a better and safer, uh, route or to even potentially look at a relocation. Uh, because now the big thing is the National Hockey League is, all but one, you mentioned, Scott. And we, we know who the one player is, and we're not going to single yes. him out. Uh, uh, he's been openly chirped now in games, which isn't the most acceptable thing either, I would like to flat out say, to each zone. But the NHL has done everything it can to help uh, contain the spread. And now with the new variants going on and the new suspicion, the new, uh, the new uh, concerns going around, it's definitely, I think the NHL can do this in a different approach. I really feel like the National Hockey League shutting down and proposing, term, postponing and doing all these things, I'm actually for it at this time of the year. I really think that the National Hockey League should do a two-week postponement with the players in mandatory isolation, all players, even symptom-free. They follow a contract. They make almost a million dollars a year. They can follow and adhere and, f- and stay close with their family. You stay in isolation. You put away two weeks in the season, and hopefully symptoms start to regress, and then you gradually come back with an appropriate schedule with the games rescheduled, as well as if you need to start, you can have fans not come into the rink again if that's what's really a scare of concern. But with maybe taking a break, it might help the spread around the National Hockey League with it because of what's expected with this virus. And you also have two weeks in February that you schedule for the Olympics, if not more than two weeks. So these postponements, if we're for sure not going to the Olympic Games, you can make up these games in February now and take yep. the break now for the players. You can give the players time now to rest and be symptom-free. Heck, even if it's not two weeks, let's give them three weeks. You know, right now we're at December 20th. Maybe shut down the league until January the 10th. You know, I know I think that's a little bit too long. I know people are thinking about money, but listen, they can make up this money in February because if we're not going to the Olympics, it looks like, so we can make up the schedule in there and maybe push the season one extra week to make up that three-week gap for the teams accordingly. And then we can restart in January with a new year, new fresh state of mind in 2022 with hopefully everyone following the rules of being in isolation. Hopefully nothing is contracted with the virus. It remains in a bubble, and then they can come back to their teams, and hopefully the world's also in a different situation the next three weeks from now. We knew that things were going to raise in terms of this virus, in terms of the Christmas holidays in December. We have to learn to deal with it. And right now the National Hockey League hasn't, I don't think has done the best approach to it. Postpone, postpone players, teams playing, this team playing. No, no, no. If you're going to have a shutdown, stop playing. But I will say businesses, I hope, never shut down again. I think that would be damaging. But the, the leagues like the NHL, they can afford two weeks to take a break if needed. Give the players time to rest, recoup, so there's no disadvantages with missing players or a schedule where they're they're having their AHL players come up and play with 60 that are all from the American Hockey League. No offense, it's not fair to their schedule. Yes, you have to adapt, 
but there comes a time where the league has to sit down and follow the right safety procedure. And I really feel like Scotty trying to keep this as sure as I can that I think they should definitely look at a pause uh, for a couple weeks throughout the holidays and substitute the missed games throughout the month of February if indeed it stays and remains that we're not going to the Olympics, which is certainly unfortunate because Sorry to say this, the United States and Sweden, Finland, Russia fans, I think Canada would have had a cakewalk to the final because that team was looking absolutely stunning. Well, we still have the World Juniors to look forward to, Dave, and hopefully the U.S. can uh, retain their championship from last year. <laughs> David McCaig Jr. joining us on the game. And, Dave, we're a little short of time tonight, but I want to wish you and Hannah and your entire family a very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We will have content out on the Game Sports Show platform uh, while you're on vacation. It'll be a little less than we are used to, but have a great holiday and vacation. Get lots of sun and look forward to talking to you once again in 2022 my friend and hopefully seeing you sometime in that time frame as well sounds good scotty happy new year happy holidays merry christmas everyone including yourself scott i will mention the listeners quickly december the 27th will be the upload on youtube i apologize about this supposed to be today but it's on the 27th we will have our first official upload on youtube through the game sports show on the tgm network uh, with our theo flurry episode so stay tuned for that i want to make sure i got that teaser in there scott again thank you and i will talk to everybody on the 17th have a safe and happy holiday and hold your family tight Absolutely. And looking forward to that interview from Theo Fleur. I got a chance to listen to it ahead of time. I really request our listeners listen to that. They will enjoy it very much. Dave McKay Jr. joining us on the game. We come back. We'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis and Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 6.30 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us right now, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports in Metro Detroit, Butch Davis. Butch, great to have you on the show and uh, welcome a little bit early to the game. We're doing great up here, Butch, and as our special guest is joining us also via the phone, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, Mark Ewell, joining us on the game. Mark, appreciate you taking time out just before Christmas to join us on the game, and uh, how are things for you, sir? Good evening. Uh, Good to be back with the both of you, and uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to uh, all your listeners. Uh, well, it's happy holidays and Merry Qu- Christmas to you and Butch, Mark. And uh, Mark, I'll have the first question as uh, you were in these parts uh, just a couple days ago as DeWitt took on the Sioux High Blue Devils in girls basketball. DeWitt did get the victory. Your daughter, who's a, a guard on that team, freshman, uh, Maddie Ewell, scored 15 points. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your experience in Sioux St. Marie. It was great to have you up here. And uh, what did you think of the game and just being up in the good old UP? Always great to be back in the Sioux. Uh, yeah, we're able to, you know, uh, last year, of course, was the first year of, uh, of the Sioux Blue Devils, uh, playing DeWitt. The game was, uh, down here in DeWitt and, uh, you know, uh, the Sioux came away with a huge win last year. I know that was a, a, a big circle for their program. You know, they went on a really nice run uh, into the postseason. And so, yeah, this year, uh, a little more intriguing that, uh, you know, my wife, Marcy, who's a, been a long time assistant coach at the varsity level at DeWitt. Uh, you know, our, our youngest daughter, Maddie, is on the team and, 
Um, got to play against her cousin, uh, Kenzie Bell, who's yep. a, a really nice player, a junior guard for the Sioux. And, uh, yeah, very competitive game. And, uh, DeWitt was just able to kind of outlast them. And, uh, no, nice win for DeWitt. And, uh, it was fun. Uh, one of those things that, uh, my daughter and, uh, and Kenzie, I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, forever that time in high school where they got to play each other. And, uh, I'm sure Maddie will talk about it a little bit more than Kenzie will as, uh, you know, DeWitt came out on the, on the right end of it this time, but, uh, no, a good game on Saturday. And uh, I think, you know, the Sioux's got some great talent and, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're poised to make a run uh, here later on in the season. Butch will go to you for your first question for Mark Ewell tonight. I think we still have Butch there. Might have temporarily lost Butch Davis for a moment. Uh, follow-up question to that, Mark, uh, grandma and grandpa. Okay, go ahead, Butch. Yeah, it ain't going to be no, uh, follow-up fighting in the family after the game. Right? <laughs> You know, there wasn't that we did have family Christmas yesterday and you no, know, everybody was on their best behavior at, uh, no. So, uh, it was a good experience and, uh, everybody was uh, still smiling and still talking to each other on Sunday, but, uh, I was a little worried about that, but, uh, no problems at all. Cool. <laughs> Mark, my question is who did grandma and grandpa bell root for Arlen and crew? Uh, did they have a uh, one sweat shirt each or they, were they being like Switzerland and just playing it neutral? You know, uh, my in-laws, uh, Arlen Levada Bell are, are two of the highest quality people I have ever met in my life. Just privileged to be a, a part of their family and in the way that they treat all of their grandkids. Um, I'm sure they were, they were supporting, uh, both of their grandkids. Um, but I, I'm also enough of a realist to know that, uh, Arlen Levada bleeds Sault St. Marie Blue. That's yes, where they do. Went. That's where, um, their grandkids go. So, uh, no, it was uh, great to see both of their, their uh, granddaughters both play well on Saturday. Um, they handled it great, you know, supported both the girls. But, uh, no, I know where they live. I know where their kids went. And, uh, you know, it would be no different than the community where I grew up or the community where my kids go. So, uh, no. To be honest, it was a neat experience on Saturday, but there's also a part of me and I'm sure a part of Marcy that's just kind of relieved that this game is by both teams and, um, we can now just look forward and it's kind of back to normal because it does. Some of those relationships and family ties, uh, it's uh, certainly unique uh, for that uh, for that one game each year. Mark Ewell joining us on the game, executive director of the MHSAA. We'll go to Butch Davis for his next question for Mark. Okay, uh, kidding aside, uh, how is right now the state of Michigan with you guys in the athletic department is dealing with the schools and COVID right now? So it's a challenge, Butch, right now, certainly. It's, you know, we're, we're uh, no different than what we see right now at the professional level and the collegiate level. You know, the NH, uh, NFL had to reschedule a couple of games. The NHL, the, our Red Wings are on pause um, for a week. They're talking about restricting international travel. And then you go down to the college level and games on pause. And, uh, you know, we're certainly seeing higher case counts everywhere. And certainly that would include our high schools. I think it's a blessing right now that we are kind of coming into the, the two weeks of break. Yeah, we do have some schools that are playing, but there is kind of a natural two-week buffer built into the schedule right now. And, you know, we're certainly hoping that, uh, you know, this kind of two-week pause in the action will allow schools to get healthy, their kids to get healthy. And hopefully, uh, you know, when school resumes back in uh, early January, that hopefully uh, we'll be kind of on the, the downside of this most recent spike and that uh, we can keep moving forward. So it's something we're monitoring each and every day. 
Uh, we continue to hear that there are no statewide orders, either from the governor or from uh, MDHHS, that are imminent, that are just around the corner. Um, really, those decisions right now continue to be made by local health departments, and uh, we're just watching that uh, unfold each day very, very closely. Mark, we like to get you on once during each sports season as we are into the winter sports season. You've already completed the successful fall sports season, and of course, next year, the spring sports season. Uh, you know, COVID included, how has everything gone so far as far as the winter sports season last year? Uh, you weren't even playing basketball at this time, among other sports. How are things going overall in the state of Michigan? And have there been any changes as far as from the MHSA or just in general as far as the winter sports season? You know, we're, we're in a much better position than we were a year ago because, uh, you know, last winter we weren't doing anything until uh, late January. So we've already gotten a lot of games in and really have gotten off to a solid start to the winter season, wrestling including. Uh, in that mix, you know, it's been different because, uh, you know, kind of the target of their bullseye that was really affixed to us because, uh, a year ago with all of the statewide orders coming from state government, it was really our role to make sure that our schools understood what the, what each of those orders required of them. And so because of that, I think, uh, you know, we took a lot of criticism that I thought was unfair because those weren't our orders or mandates, but we were simply following the law in helping to make sure that our schools are in compliance. You know, this year we've had a lot less traffic through our office about COVID issues, but really the hot spots now are at the local level. You've got schools working with their local health department. You've got, let's say, uh, you know, those schools in Chippewa County, their health department may be treating positive cases one way, and then the schools in the neighboring county may be treating those differently. Right. Uh, we've got some leaks and conferences downstate, you know, the, we mentioned DeWitt a little bit earlier. You know, DeWitt plays in a league where the eight schools are in three different counties in the mid-Michigan area, and all three counties have a different way that they're handling close contacts and positive cases and face mask requirements. So really the challenges have, have really shifted off of our shoulders, and the heavy lifting is really being done by our local schools trying to figure out what uh, each local county health department is mandating and requiring. So I will be a happy person, again, if after this two-week pause that we can see those uh, case numbers decline and hopefully, uh, you know, calendar year uh, 22 brings a fresh start for us all. Butch, go ahead with your next question for Mark. Well, here's another one, Mark, here. I know that you and the state of Michigan dealt with the Oxford situation and all the other schools that are pulling uh, such pranks and uh, a lot of students getting arrested and all. You designated uh, February uh, for statewide uh, Oxford strong support there. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So we've heard from hundreds of schools uh, going back to, to that, uh, you know, that November 30th date when the tragedy happened in Oxford. And the, the, the question that everybody has had is what can we do to help? And so we've actually been able to get all of the big leagues in the Detroit, metro Detroit area have kind of come together and working with our um, apparel vendor, EA Graphic, we've been able to kind of come up with a plan to where EA Graphic uh, is selling T-shirts, Oxford Strong, for $20 a piece. Um, the only thing that EA Graphics is taking is the cost of the shirt, which is $3.50. They are donating. Um, 
the, the remaining $16.50 for every T-shirt sold is going to go directly um, to the Oxford Strong Fund. And, wow. and what we're hoping to do that in November, uh, February, that every school in our state um, can order these shirts. Maybe it's their basketball team or their competitive cheer team. And what a neat thing it would be that, for example, all basketball teams during warm-ups for that, um, that night in February, uh, uh, the 4th, or another night in February that they kind of designate as their Oxford Strong night. They have both teams during warm-ups wearing an Oxford Strong t-shirt, fans and spectators at the game showing their support, because this isn't only a support for those in Oxford, which certainly that's a big part of it, but I think the other statement that needs to be made is that school violence is absolutely unacceptable, that we as a state are united behind what happened in Oxford, and we want to do whatever we can to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, and so just bringing some attention, um, some focus to this very important issue, and at the same time, you know, providing, uh, you know, providing some funds to that Oxford community who is still hurting, who is still reeling. And I think it gives the other, uh, you know, 747 high schools that we have in our state, it does give them a chance to chip in and help out which uh, I think is going to really make everybody feel good. So we wanted to give this some time. Um, you know, Oxford has been working through kind of what comes next year for the last three weeks. We wanted to give that community some time to breathe, to kind of process everything. And we think that after the new year, um, you know, once we hit early February, that's the proper time to honor um, the victims, to honor the survivors, to honor all of those that have been affected and it really gives uh, everybody in the in the state a chance uh, to chip in. Great question, Butch, and uh, kudos to the MHSA and EA for getting this uh, uh, getting it underway. And, and I think it's a great idea. Mark, you will joining us on the game, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. And Mark, you know, last year around this time when we were talking, uh, you were very adamant and very successful, in my opinion, to stress the uh, importance of. Of high school athletics and you know everything our kids have to deal with in schools with pandemics with uh, school violence with social media you know now more than ever i think is athletics are so important maybe a means of escape if you will or such uh, you know looking ahead to 2022 in the mhsa you know as a parent if you had any advice uh, to talk to parents about as far as you know how to better help your kids and not just in athletics but just in general what would you say you know in, in normal circumstances we always talk about athletics really teaches a lot of life lessons um you know, that, uh, you know, sports is, is certainly you've got a winner and a loser in every single game. And certainly everybody loves it when you come out on top. But truth be told, uh, a lot of times uh, kids can learn more about themselves in those times that they're not successful. That, you know, when you have some adversity hit, uh, you know, how do you kind of pick yourself up off, off the mat and, um, and move forward and, and give it a shot the next time? Um Going back to the last uh, 20, almost 22 months, the adversity and tough times that kids in Michigan have had to overcome and tackle are incredible uh. with, with COVID. And now with, um, you know, certainly what happened in Oxford, I know, is uh, starting a dialogue and a conversation in every other community in our state. And I think it, it really shows that there are a lot of tough things right now in our world. And 
certainly those lessons that, that you can learn in athletics, I think are only going to benefit our kids. And I think that, that, uh, social interaction and that just connection to something bigger than yourself being on a high school athletic team was never been more important than it is today. You know, really one of the first steps in, in Oxford's, uh, you know, long process here in recovery is their teams have gotten back together again to practice over the last week. You yeah. know, the surrounding area schools have opened up their facilities. They figured out what equipment they need, what uniforms they need. And it's really been neat to see a, a very tragic situation that, uh, you know, kind of the, the best of humanity comes out with everybody pulling together and rallying behind that community. And I, I do, I think that the kids that have, have gone to school and been in our programs for the last two years, it's been really tough to live through, but I think some of those uh, life lessons are going to pay off uh, in big dividends uh, for a long, long time to come. And at it, its core, that's really why we have our programs. Kids need them. Kids learn some lessons that uh, they'll be using not just until graduation, uh, but for the rest of their lives. Uh, Butch Davis, uh, your next question for Mark Ewell. Yeah, I'm going to finish up with this here, Mark. Uh, holiday season are here. Uh, how are you and your staff going to kind of celebrate the holiday season there? Are you going to go in hiding, or what are you going to do there? So I'm really <laughs> glad you you asked that, Butch, because uh, the month of December has been an awful month for our staff. Um, certainly, you know, uh, Oxford has, has been just something that has weighed on, on all of us every single day. And um, Unfortunately, on December the 3rd, uh, our associate director on our staff, uh, gentleman by the name of Tom Rashid, who was the number two man in, in our building for uh, the last 20 years. Uh, Tom lost his eight-month-long battle um, with lung cancer. So to say, to, that, that. Uh, to say that 2021 cannot end soon enough. Um, so our staff is, is going to take this. Uh, tomorrow's our last day uh, with the building open. We're going to take these 10 days and hopefully unplug and recharge and you know, just like our kids have certainly had to work through a lot of adversity, you know, our staff of 25 has had uh, some really tough hurdles that have popped up in front of us here recently, and we're going to keep moving forward because that's the best way that we can honor Tom. And, um, you know, it's been a, a tough last two years, and our rallying cry is that uh, 22 has to be better than the last two years, and um, that's what Tom would want us to do, to keep moving forward, to keep serving our member schools. And uh, that's the best way that we can uh, honor a, a very, very honorable man in Tom Rashid. Well said. Mark Ewell joining us on the game, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. And final question for you, Mark. Uh, once you and your staff uh, get a uh, much uh, deserved time off here over the next couple of weeks, uh, what's on the docket for 2022? Of course, you'll be right in the middle of the winter sports season, looking ahead to the spring sports season. Uh, just, just what's on your radar for 2022 as far as from the MHSAA? So a little bit of inside baseball for your listeners. Oh. The month of January is the busiest month of the year in terms of that's the month that almost all of our sport committees meet. So that's where we'll get coaches and athletic directors that serve on our sport committee. So get together, talk about the hot topics or problems um, in each sport. That way, any recommendations that come out of committee can go to our full board of directors by May, and then any new policy that gets approved in May is in place for next school year. So, yeah, winter sports are going to be doing their thing, but uh, January and February are also the two biggest months for us 
in terms of a policy and a new rule uh, perspective. And so we'll really get to hear from our membership and what our committees um, are hearing out there in the field. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully take those best ideas and put those in place and be ready to go, uh, you know, to make next school year uh, even better. Mark, we appreciate you taking time out to inform our listeners what's going on in the state of Michigan with the MHSA. Again, a very happy holiday season to you and your family. From Butch and I, a happy new year, and we'll certainly get you on in 2022 once again. Thanks for joining us, uh, and enjoy your holiday break, sir. we Will do. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That was Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. When Butch and I come back, we will start our regional coverage of Detroit sports, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. It's the holiday season and Reed Metals in Dafter wants to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Did you know in the Eastern UP, Reed Metals, your honest metal recycling company, is paying the most money for whole scrap cars and trucks? Bring in your scrap metal and items such as scrap vehicles, heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, vehicle batteries, rims and motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals and leave with a check with your name on it. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals also offers roll-off dumpsters for both residential and commercial locations. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Again, Reed Metals and Dafter wants to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Skinners of Pickford want you to know there are no supply chain problems with their products for Christmas. Although the deliveries from Santa might be a little late because he's having entirely too much fun testing the products. Skinners has all the farm lawn and garden equipment and recreational vehicles you want for Christmas. I want one of these. (laughs) And as always, parts, service, and repairs. (laughs) But best not wait on Santa, okay? Shop yourself. Skinners of Pickford, open six days. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern UP for over 38 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Give them a call, 906-632-1235. Or stop by and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 651 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Mason with you. want to thank our special guest, Mark Yule, the executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, for joining us tonight. And continuing to join us tonight, co-host of the game here on ESPN 1400 and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. You can find Butch on Sports on his website. Just go to simplybutch2, that's T-O-O dot podomatic dot com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook. A brand new edition from last night available on both those sites and on our website, thegamesportshow.com. 
podbean.com as Butch joins us each and every week for interviews like that that we just conducted and to get us up to date on the Metro Detroit sports world. And Butch, always good to have Mark Yule on there as we try to you know get to the source instead of what you hear and all the noise on social media and stuff. We try to go right to the source and Mark, he's never one to hold anything back. If we ask a question, he always answers it. Yes, he does. And with the quickness through that, I know I didn't know he was prepared to answer the questions that I was going to ask him there, but he seemed to be sharp. And uh, again, he answered the question for the general public at large. I really appreciate it. And Butch, you know, going into the holiday season and, you know, a lot of these teams in high school and just in general in youth sports will we'll be taking a pause. And certainly from what we've seen uh, with uh, professional sports and college sports, not just here in the United States and Canada, but around the world, uh, probably a good time for the pause because, you know, we've been talking about this now for almost two years and things are just not good in the COVID world. So this is a real good time, you know, to talk to your family and sit down and, and just get to know what's going on in your kid's life because like I t- we were talking about with Mark just what these kids have to deal with right now and yes we're sounding old because we didn't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that our uh, children are dealing with right now with social media with school violence with pandemics so this holiday probably couldn't come at a better time yeah and, and definitely I, I encourage everyone who has not received the vaccination or whatever maybe well, please, you know, don't take it upon yourself to go talk to friends and how they felt when they got the shot and all. The best person to talk to is your family physician. Yes. Or somewhere high up in, in that regard to get the proper information. And hopefully they'll be very honest with you on the ifs and the ors of what's going to go on if you get the shot. And um, I, I had no reactions there. I had a sore arm for maybe a couple of days and whatever it may be, but things could be different. But in order to be at peace, I, I highly suggest everyone to see their family physician. Please get the shot. Uh, we, we can get closer out of this particular situation if everyone is vaccinated there. Yeah, like you said, Butch, talk to your doctor and have that conversation. Don't talk to Dr. Oz or Facebook Live or anything you see on TV. Talk to your doctor. Uh, who's a nurse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like yourself, uh, I've been fully, well, I shouldn't say fully vaccinated, but uh, two initial shots and then the booster shot. We don't know what fully vaccinated and that definition is. And a, f- a little funny story, I was doing a hockey game this weekend, and when I go into Polar Stadium, I wear my mask, and there's a gentleman there saying, uh, why are you wearing your mask aren't you vaccinated and i said yes i am he's like well why are you wearing your mask i said well i'm just trying to keep myself and everyone else safe and that's just the right thing to do uh and it's a lot different uh without mandates and such butch as we were talking about last year uh, those days are gone i think in the united states uh, the governor has well not said much if anything on it and you know i it's really up to the individual families and how they live their lives and try to protect you can't worry about what someone else does you got to worry about yourself and your family first and foremost at least in my opinion that's true enough there but you know what if in this particular world i never say never okay? right because again if the president gets pressure enough to again decide that he needs to close down the country for one week you know we're at the mercy of the I should say, of the United States government here. Uh, That's a scary thought. If you're indoors 
I, I highly suggest you wear a mask. That's always. If you're outside, you need to be uh, a certain amount of distance away. Or, again, wear a mask, you know, protect yourself, and that's going to protect others as well there. Butcher, we only got a couple minutes left before the top of the hour break, but uh, we certainly got a great performance from the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Uh, but before we talk about the Lions, there's another great performance by uh, area team, almost in between our uh, two cities that we discuss, uh, the Big Rapids and the Ferris State Bulldogs winning the Division II National Championship in in college football and doing it in style as they absolutely rolled over their opponent there hanging with Valdosta State uh, winning that game going away what a performance by Ferris State and you want to talk about a rushing offense that was just a great game and congratulations to the Ferris State Bulldogs division two champs for the first time again I say there's a lot of talent here in the state of Michigan and the Lions or any other professional team out there, which, again, they're doing the pickings and whatnot, the other teams. Yeah. So the Lions got to get beware that we got talent here in this particular in this particular state here. Uh, 307 pounds is the average of their offense. That is ridiculously uh, a good recipe for fine running and whatnot here. And they did a job in the first half there. 316 yards. That's Unreal. That's ridiculous here, okay? And we're not talking about the final results of the particular situation. Guy only had to throw the ball two times. Two times and a half. That's I, I've never heard of that there in, in these days and times of, of football, college, high school, or whatever. And they 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 showed the world that uh, you can rag it up and you got you a good line and you play football the right way. You can have fun, and they did. 58 points is a lot of fun. Yeah, four, 581 yards of offense, Butch, 459 on the ground. They are just a juggernaut. Congratulations to the Ferris State Bulldogs, Division II football champs for the first time. We're going to take our top-of-the-hour break. When Butch and I come back, we will shift to the Metro Detroit sports scene, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask what the CSB family can do for you. With conveniences like online banking, access your money when and where you want. CSB Loan Pay Express. Pay your CSB loan wherever you are. Instant issue debit cards. Stop by your local branch and get a new card without the wait. Mobile wallet. Make purchases right from your smartphone. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations today to get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. 
Financial Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Hour two of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show as this edition on Monday nights, uh, just a programming note, we will take next Monday off for the holidays and our next edition of the game here on ESPN will be on Monday, January 3rd, 2022. As we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports and Butch, we talked about Ferris State uh, just before we went to break and winning the Division II National Championship in football. Another team that maybe we didn't expect to win uh, last yesterday afternoon, rather at Ford Field, the Detroit Lions pulled off a convincing upset over Arizona as the Lions really control the game from start to finish, knocking off the Cardinals by the score of 30-12. to 12. The Lions were a 13-and-a-half point underdog, marking the first time in NFL history a double-digit underdog won a game outright by double digits. How about that? That's a good stat for the Lions. Butch, you were there. Tell us what you saw. He was ripped. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Tell us about what you saw there. I mean, I guess it was a matter of time before all things went right, but uh, they did yesterday, Butch. A lot of the things that you've been saying all year, run the ball and Arizona's run defense, not the best, and uh, and a good game for Jared Goff, the defense. Tell us what you saw. Well, I saw a coach who basically uh, kept his enthusiasm going. I saw a team that was uh, – Attended to details. I saw um, cornerbacks and safeties, and again the um, the interior, which were the linebackers, play a lot more heady. Okay, a lot more gutsy. I mean, getting on top of the receivers or the runners and uh, going in pass situations and whatnot, roughing them up on the line of scrimmage. The offense. When they came down to running the ball, the bull rush is is a, a fine dining type of experience for a running game. They did that very, very well. The fifth string runner who's on a practice squad, yeah. Mr. Reynolds there, did everyone run. Craig Reynolds is his name. Uh, he did everyone proud there. Uh, great game by him and, and the others who uh, supported it. Uh, but again, the, the, he only threw 21 uh, or 26 passes there. 21 got completed. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good recipe for mixing the game up. Although the yardage end up uh, kind of tilting for Arizona per se there, you know, for what they had to do to get come from behind. Still, the Lions enjoy having the ball in more time than uh, Arizona did. And that was the, the the big deal. They kept the offense on the field, and the defense, when they came to work, uh, they were very aggressive. 
I really thought the offensive line played well yesterday, Butch. And, and you know, going into the season, that was supposed to be one of their strengths. Uh, you look at uh, right tackle Panay Sewell, uh, right guard uh, Viatai, can never pronounce his first name, left tackle Kay- Taylor Decker, and uh, center Evan Brown, uh, you know, filling in, uh, as well as left guard Tommy Kramer. Uh, you know, this offensive line, certainly their best game of the year, and something the Lions can build around, uh, you know, for further success. Offensive line yesterday and you mentioned, Butch, the, their backfield. I mean, you had Will Harris playing cornerback because a lot of uh, players were out with COVID-19. So uh, even more impressive that the Lions not able, not even, or I should say the Lions able to pull off this win, but they did it missing quite a few players as well. Yeah, they, they did it. But the big key was when five weeks ago, when the coach uh, Dan Campbell yeah. took the reins of calling the plays and taking more attention to detail, offensively and defensively. That's when this team changed uh, a swift 360 degrees there. Uh, from that point on, the Lions have been close or been competitive other than the Denver game. The Denver game was a different situation altogether there. They got smashed in that particular game. But uh, the rest of the game, of those four to five, the Lions have been very, very competitive. They have won two out of three games here, okay? And, uh, that is not bad. That is not bad at all. The Lions now 2-11-1, now the second-worst team in the NFL. They will be at Atlanta this Sunday. You can hear that game over on Oldies 93 with Dan Miller and Lomas Brown, starting with the pregame show around noon. And final thought for the Lions, Butch, before we look at the rest of the NFL. Uh, you know, a lot of fans will say, well, why win now? You're trying to you know, ruin getting the number one pick, uh, possibly Hutchinson, out of uh, Michigan. But these are professionals. You know, obviously Dan Campbell wants to win every game, as do, I would say, everyone on that roster. So I don't think you're going to see the Lions tank anything, nor should they, because they're paid to win games. No, I don't think they were tanking in the get-go. They were just a bad team with a lot of bad coaching and some very exceptional players that did not buy into what was going on on the field. And that result, plainly simple, came into losses and whatnot. Even the games that they seemed to do very well, they end up uh, not uh, holding any ground when it comes down to the other team coming back and winning. Uh, again, my thing is, um, and the big deal was when Dan Campbell took more attention to detail five weeks ago, and Corral probably his coach, his culture, who were the main culprit of a lot of things going wrong. It wasn't the players when they're getting bad results from plays uh, called on the sideline, timeouts. Uh, when they didn't have them, a whole lot of other little simple situations there. That seemed to be a little bit more rough and seemed like the the coaches as well as the head coach is taking a lot more attention to detail there. Butch, around the NFL, not as many games were played uh, this past Saturday or Sunday uh, due to COVID-19. There is one game going on right now, the Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. The Browns just scored. Raiders leading that game at 10-7 late in the third quarter. Tonight, Minnesota will be at Chicago. And we have two Tuesday night games because of COVID-19. Seattle will be at the LA Rams and the Washington Washington football team will be at Philadelphia. So the NFL, much like every sports league at almost every level, Butch having to uh, reshuffle the schedule to try to get these teams going. Uh, you know, we're not used to having two Tuesday night games. We have that this week. Well, if 
you have not gotten the word Jeff Goff is on the COVID list. I now, just okay? saw that. Yep. Just got that uh, there, along with 10 other Lions. Oh, okay. Goodness. So you add that all together up there, and we'll see what comes out. If he checks out negative within a couple of days here, he will probably get put back in the, in the position to uh, play against Atlanta. Other than that, We'll see how this week comes about there. It seems like every time they party, something goes wrong. <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, certainly every day, every hour seems to change. Butch, let's talk about the games that were played yesterday, starting with the Sunday night game. Boy, I did not see this one coming. Tampa Bay, of course, uh, was without several wide receivers. New Orleans, nine. Tampa Bay, nothing. New Orleans keeps their playoff hopes alive. And Tampa Bay, Gets the goose egg. Brady's only been shut out three times, Butch, and one of those was last night. New Orleans defense looked outstanding. I mean, it takes a lot to shut down Tom Brady. I've never known Tom Brady get shut out. No. Not in my memory, okay? He maybe have, but not in my memory here. And to see him on national TV get his rear end kicked in, that was <laughs> when he slammed that computer down, you could tell he was he was done for here. Okay, but that was a great, great game itself. There, Green Bay now the number one seed in the NFC with Arizona losing and at Tampa they survive at Baltimore, thirty-one to thirty. Defense and special teams not good for Green Bay, but Baltimore once again, Butch, when they got the touchdown late. Instead of kicking the extra point and going to overtime, Coach John Harbaugh goes for two, and they don't get it. Green Bay wins. Uh, your thoughts on that call and uh, that your, game? Your favorite family, the Harbaugh. Ah, I love the Harbaugh's. They're on my Christmas card list. <laughs> well, I, you know, we're all going to say he should have kicked the extra point and went into overtime. Okay? But again, he made a decision. He stuck by it. The team lost. It's a shame, though, to go through all that 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 went on, you know, in that last quarter. You know, we're talking about Baltimore, that is. And to get absolutely uh, elves slapped on you there, you know. Uh, <clears throat> I'm quite sure that stings. But, again, Harbaugh hopefully will get his uh, crew together and, and 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 carry on there. With that Baltimore loss, Cincinnati now in first place in the AFC North as Cincinnati wins at Denver 15 to 10. And Pittsburgh keeps their playoff hopes alive, Butch, as they knock off Tennessee 19 to 13. And barring the Cleveland result in the AFC North, Cincinnati, Baltimore 8 and 6, Cleveland right now 7 and 6, Pittsburgh 7, 6 and 1. And those teams are going to play each other a lot over the next three weeks. You want to talk about a wild division, none wilder than the AFC North. And everybody, everybody in the AFC is still in the boat here, okay? Yep. And there's a few decisions that got to be made in the NFC there. But again, this is what you want to see during the last lateral part of the week. We've got a uh, Three or four more good weeks, uh, uh, good cooking there, and good football, and some upsets, per se, for teams like Miami or whatnot there, who got a slim chance of getting into the playoff, but has won the last six or seven games there. Yeah, looking at the AFC playoff picture, Butch, since you mentioned it, uh, Kansas City now with their win over the L.A. Chargers on Thursday night, 10-4. and four, They would get the bye if the playoffs started today. They will be without Travis Kelsey, who tested positive for COVID today. New England with that loss against Indianapolis, now the two-seed at 9-5. and five. Tennessee, who also lost to Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh, they are nine and five. Cincinnati, as of right now, depending on what Cleveland does, the fourth seed, eight and six. And then you look at this wild card race, but you mentioned it, so many teams in it. Right now, the three wild card teams, Indianapolis, the Chargers, and Buffalo. Buffalo beat Carolina on Sunday. Those are the three wild card teams just outside Baltimore at eight and six, Cleveland at seven and six, Pittsburgh at seven, six and one, Miami, who's won uh, six games in a row, seven and seven, Denver, seven and seven, and the Raiders, six and seven. I don't think we've seen uh, with three weeks left in the season, Butch, quite a muddled playoff picture than we are right now in the AFC. Well, muddled. It's a nice little word for it. It could be other words you could use. <laughs> I like muddled. But during Christmas time, it's it's appropriate here. Uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of games yesterday there. You know, at the stadium, you got several TVs. It's pointing yep. to all kind of games going on in the NFL there. And I watched the Cincinnati game, and that was kind of wicked indeed there. And Cincinnati's still not out the boat there. Nope. Cleveland's not out the boat, and they win the night there. So that's going to be some ratifications to go along there. But it, this is this is what you want to see at the end of the year. Our team's fighting for a playoff. Uh, extraordinary examples there. Other games yesterday, San Francisco uh, still in the playoff picture. They knock off Atlanta 31-13. to Dallas, uh, they're going to win the – NFC East, barring uh, an epic collapse, they win against the New York Giants, twenty-one to six. Miami over the Jets, thirty-one to twenty-four. We mentioned Pittsburgh over Tennessee, nineteen to thirteen, and uh, the not so big game yesterday. Butch Houston over Jacksonville, thirty to sixteen, and the big news with Jacksonville this past week: Urban Meyer gets canned. You kind of saw this coming, Butch. We talked about it over the past few weeks, but it didn't appear to be a very good fit for. Mr. Meyer, he is no longer the coach of Jacksonville. Your thoughts? He didn't make it a good fit. Either. No. He about did what he wanted to do. He took the money and ran, and he got paid a, a extraordinary a lot of money for absolutely nothing there. So that team was going to have to regroup during the end of the season, find some coaches who really care, and, and build that team up. Because right now, an investment has been made. Um they don't want to lose that investment when it comes down to players leaving to go somewhere else or the draft choices are leaving and going to somewhere else down the road a piece there. Butch, in the NFC, the playoff picture is wild. <laughs> Maybe not as wild as the AFC, but it's pretty wild. Right now, as I mentioned earlier, Green Bay, the number one seed, 11-3. and three. Dallas would be the two seed right now, 10-4, and four, along with Tampa Bay and Arizona. Those are your division leaders and top four teams. The Rams, who will play Seattle tomorrow at 9-4. and four. Watch out for San Francisco. They are a wild card team right now at 8-6. and six. Uh, New Orleans with that defense uh, would be the third wild card team right now because there are some games that still have to be played. Uh, New Orleans is seven and seven. Washington and Philadelphia, who play tomorrow night, both six and seven. Minnesota, who plays tonight, also six and seven. So uh, it's going to be a wild three weeks in the NFL, Butch. And let's just hope that we can get these games in and COVID 19 doesn't continue to affect it. Uh, I mean, it's affecting you already. It's just Monday. It's affecting everybody here. Schools are a good thing to close down because it, that was really a <laughs> – it's been a week for 
bad things going on here. It was COVID or something else here. Yeah, or something else indeed. Butch Davis joining us on the game as we are five minutes away from our next break. Uh, Butch, we already talked about uh, college football at the Division II level, and it is bowl season, I will admit that I haven't watched a whole lot of the bowls so far. There's been a boatload of them. Have you watched any of the college football bowl season uh, to this point, sir? Other than Ferris State, I uh, did watch a little of Eastern Michigan. Other than that, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, the famous Idaho Potato Bowls tomorrow here. You yes. Know? <laughs> I think everybody wants to see that one there. You know, um, no, I haven't. I haven't. Really got myself juiced up to see some of these bowls there. I'm kind of waiting for the 31st when everything is going to kind of tip uh, uh, the good stuff here. And I'll see those big games there. But right now, other than maybe after Christmas when I go down to the quick bowl there, or not, okay, <laughs> we don't know what's going to go on with that. But, again, you know, I haven't really honestly – Took any uh, t- took any time to watch any exclusively other than again the Fair State game. There. Yeah, the other teams in Michigan involved in bowls, as Butch mentioned, Eastern Michigan they fall to Liberty fifty six to twenty. The Lending Tree Bowl in that one. You also have, of course, Michigan taking part in the playoff semifinal as they will take on Georgia, Michigan State. They will face Pittsburgh on December thirtieth in the Peach Bowl. And you also have Western Michigan. They will play Nevada next Monday in the Quick Lane Bowl. So, hey, Michigan football teams, including Ferris, you can't complain that they haven't had good seasons, Butch. It's been a very good year for college football in the state of Michigan. And there's talent in Michigan, boys and girls. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. We're going to take a break here on the game, but when Butch and I come back, we have a lot more to talk about in the world of sports. We'll take a look at the NHL and the Detroit Red Wings COVID-19 wrecking havoc on the schedule and the wings for the next week. We'll also talk about the Detroit Pistons and others goings on in the world of sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things. Like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. and blowers in the market. And where are they made? Okay, China, China. Wait, Brazil? What the? There's no way I'm going to throw away my money. I'm going with Boss. Boss snow plows from Gaylor Thompson are made in the UP, where winter and deep snow are just a way of life. Boss plows, made in Michigan for Michigan winters. Waiting for you at Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service. Exit 373, just off I-75, Rudyard. 
MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. O'Connors of Pickford have the rides you need to make a big finish in 2021 and begin the new year strong with the big finish on all month long. A new 2022 Jeep Compass Limited. Get a 39-month low-mileage lease. You pay just $322 a month plus tax with just $19.99 due at signing. O'Connors has new 2021 Jeep Cherokee Lux for only $339 a month plus tax and just $19.99 due at signing. Or drive away a new 2022 Ram 1500 Quad Cab in low-mileage lease for 39 months. You pay $442 a month plus tax and $19.99 due at signing. See dealer for all qualifying incentives. The Big Finish, all month long at O'Connor's of Pickford. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at ombloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 720 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show or any past shows along with Sioux High Blue Devil broadcast with Dave Watson, Coach's Corner on 1230 WSOO, Sioux Eagles broadcast right here on ESPN 1400 along with Butch on Sports with our own Butch Davis and the Game Sports Show from Sioux Ontario. You can find it all on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, let's move on to the NHL and the Detroit Red Wings before we look at the NHL and all the teams that are uh, under COVID-19 delays or postponements as far as games. Well, the Detroit Red Wings now are one of those games. It happened yesterday. The Detroit Red Wings will be shutting down team operations till at least after the NHL's holiday break. And that will include a couple games at this past or this week, I should say, due to an uptick in positive COVID-19 cases. Uh, the Wings had to put several players and coaches under COVID-19 protocols just after they won their game uh, on Saturday night over the New Jersey Devils. And Butch, uh, the NHL right now is, of all the leagues, I think the one having the most trouble and the one that I thought had some pretty good protocols in place. But right now you have a quarter of the teams not playing due to COVID-19. So just your thoughts on the Red Wings and uh, not playing this week in general. NHL is taking a lot of precautions, and they should be uh, they should be uh, granting immunity for that there, yep. you know, for, for doing that there. Um, it's better to be safe than sorry. And um, if that takes uh, holding down back some games and whatnot there, making them up hopefully down the road a piece there. Hopefully that, uh, that'll happen. As far as the Red Wings is concerned, they got back to the old old ways. Dylan Larkins had that hat trick. Uh, 
15 goals, 14 assists, 29 points for uh, Dylan Larkin this year. He missed a couple of games there due to personal reasons and whatnot. But still, uh, he has been the leader of Detroit Red Wings uh, that they have not had for several, several years now. If you can uh, remind yourself, we haven't had a captain on our team for at least about three years. They've been carrying the A's on there, not the C's. But this year, uh, Larkin got the C on his, on his belly. And um, he's been showing some leadership as well as uh, leading on to some other uh, Red Wings who are doing some uh, stellar playing itself. Uh, the defense needs to be uh, kind of tightened up a, a, a wee bit. Goaltending is pretty doggone good. But, again, you got to keep everybody well and healthy in order for that to be accomplished. Uh, Red Wings are doing pretty good right now. They are in the playoffs if everything stopped today. Looking at the NHL as a whole, Butch, I mentioned a quarter of the teams uh, not playing uh, throughout this week. Uh, going back to this past weekend, uh, just uh, today, Columbus and Montreal became the eighth and ninth team to have activities paused because of several COVID-19 test results among players. The uh, Columbus Blue Jackets uh, had games scheduled Monday night at Buffalo and Thursday at home against uh, another team scheduled, uh, bringing the total to 42 across the NHL. You also have the Wings, Maple Leafs, Avalanche, Panthers, Flames, Predators, and Bruins all on a COVID-19 pause. And uh, unlike some of the leagues, Butch, there's only one player, and we all know who he is. He plays for the Detroit Red Wings that is not vaccinated. So it's a little different uh, from some of the other pauses because you know a lot of these players have been vaccinated, not quite sure as far as boosters, where that sits. So uh, you said it. The NHL, I think, is doing the right thing by uh, not taking the chance and maybe hoping over this holiday break that things get better. If things don't get better, Butch, uh, this certainly puts the Olympics uh, in the uh, in the headlines as far as the NHL. I just don't see how they can send players, uh, NHL players at least, to the Winter Olympics because this is, what, only a, a month and a few, couple weeks away. Well, here's the deal on all of that there. Uh, we just, you just mentioned the NHL uh, 99.9% vaccinated except for one person there. But again, you got crowds coming in, you got concession people coming in. Uh, hopefully everybody's been vaccinated per se there, but you know, you got cracks in the crevices there too, okay? And you gotta be getting this from somewhere, okay? And until we find the reason why and, 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 and to make that particular situation a lot better where many people who are asymptomatic or have gotten their shots and their boosters don't catch certain things again, and this is what's really happening there right now there. Um, it's going to be a lot of uncertainties down the road a piece. I'm, I'm afraid to say that there. And Butch, we're seeing it a lot more in Canada as far as their protocols, which are much stricter than here in the United States. And the NHL on what last Wednesday, the government of Ontario decreed that any venue with a capacity over 1,000 must limit its capacity to 50%, which of course affects a lot of the teams in Ontario the Maple Leafs, the Senators, as well as the NBA's Toronto Raptors. And this past Thursday, Montreal had no fans at their game against Philadelphia. And we've seen up here, Butch, with the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, several of the teams playing in Northern Ontario can have contact hockey for their games. We actually had one moved here to Polar Stadium locally. So, you know, with the NHL, unlike the NFL and NBA outside of the Toronto Raptors, you're dealing with uh, much stricter regulations in Canada. So, 
that certainly could uh, come into play here as this moves along. Well, this is a big smorgasbord of headaches there. And again, you seem like the scientists have uh, their answer, and their answer is everybody get vaccinated. And we're getting the facts that everyone is not doing that there. And until we get some agreement with the people who are not getting vaccinated and go ahead and get vaccinated there, we're really going to be in sticking points, you know, for quite some time there. I'm afraid to say that there. Again, the best uh, medicine in town, vaccinated or not, is to wear a mask wherever you go. And some of these players can't do that, okay? Uh, you got Detroit Lions who were partying <clears throat> like it's 1999, <laughs> and yet, yet still the next day you get 10 more players on covert there. You know, you know where is this coming from there? Is it coming from they're not putting enough sanitizer in the wash? Or, you know, you don't know, okay? So uh, the best point of purchase is that we can't get off too happy right now that we got to still be diligent and being somewhat uh, disciplined and getting things done so we can all live a normal life again there. Butch, final thought on the Detroit Red Wings, again, above 500, which we don't talk about much as far as Detroit teams since you and I have been doing this show since uh, 2014-2015 time frame. Uh, the Wings right now, 15-13-3, and 33 points. They would be in the playoffs if it started today. And my question for you, Butch, is you, know, you go to the games, you're in Detroit, a lot more people here in Northern Michigan are watching the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, sometimes I'll talk to uh, a friend and say, have you watched the Red Wings? Like, no, no. I said, turn them on. And we're seeing a pretty good crowds at Little Caesars Arena. Is there any type of buzz about the Wings in town? Obviously, the only team that's having any success right now of the four. Uh, just, just overall, just uh, the atmosphere in Detroit with the Wings, are, are they starting to uh, get a little bit of a buzz, I guess, for lack of a better term? Well, Little Caesars Arena takes over about twenty, twenty-one thousand people to to sell it out. The Wings have been averaging nineteen thousand people a game. Huh. Okay, so they're not losing any heartbeat at all. Versus the Pistons, uh, I can say last night oh, it had fifteen, fifteen uh, five hundred in the in the building there. You know, for a team that's doing so bad, you know, the fans are coming out to see the the product there. You know, bad, good, or ugly. And that has been always significant for the Red Wings, always having good crowds uh, coming to the game, not having the situation like many other teams where you see the place buck naked here. Uh, <laughs> people in Detroit still support the team there. And, and again, this pandemic is going to, you know, not going to tell no lies when it comes down to uh eliminating fans from coming to the games if things don't get better. So, again, we, the fans, have to do some things in order to make things right, you know, and, and encourage others who you know who have not been vaccinated to uh Take the straight and narrow approach there. 7.30 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you, along with co-host Butch Davis, as we are talking regional sports. And Butch, before we go to our next break, let's move on to those Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Pistons had a 14-game losing streak, which tied the single-season franchise record going into last night's game against the Miami Heat. And by goodness, the Lions and 
Pistons winning on the same day since 2017 in November. The last time that's happened, uh, certainly the Pistons 5-24 and 24 overall struggling, but Sadiq Bey had 19 of his 26 points in the second half with Jeremy Grant out with that thumb injury. Uh, the Pistons, much like the Lions, Butch, uh, got it all right yesterday, at least most of it. They took the victory. Well, for the Pistons there, I'm still getting over. I'm not still haven't gotten over Christian Wood beating the crap out of the Pistons. Boy, he sure did. I, I, I still didn't get over that one. Uh, but again, the Pistons is working on. This is Sadiq's has been getting better the last four or five games there with a shooting prowess there. Uh, he's depending the, as their main shooter, and he has not been that main shooter that the Pistons are looking for in order to do well. Again, I'm not always in agreement with uh, uh, Mr. Casey's philosophy on the three-point shot because, again, the Pistons are not a very good three-point shooting team and never have been, okay? But uh, exception when you came down down to the bad boys, and uh, we're looking at the Chauncey Bellows team. They were good three-point shooters because, again, they did other things to – to make a prowess on the game that they won here, the one thing that sticks out like a sore thumb was a Kate Cunningham getting ten assists. Yeah, so that can equal out to maybe uh, as high as as low as twenty points or as high as maybe thirty points. And we're not talking about fouls or what not to be called in the particular there as well that he's responsible for points being scored. Although he only scored four points himself there, he's still playing the good defense. Uh, Kalen um, Hayes is getting a lot better, but uh, I still see the Pistons with a lot of work to do in stepping up there, and I still see a coaching staff that's got to trust all their players and giving them some significant time on the floor so they can get better. The Pistons will be at the New York Knicks tomorrow night. You can hear that game right here on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, we hope they're at the New York Knicks. Scheduled to be at the New York Knicks. That would be a more accurate statement. You can hear that game right here on ESPN at 1400 with Mark Champion and Rick Mahorn starting with the pregame show at 710. Butch, we go, before we go to our final break, just kind of looking around the NBA in general uh, right now in the East, Brooklyn atop, Chicago in second place, two games behind. Cleveland. This is a very interesting team to me. Uh, Cleveland didn't have a lot of uh, great expectations heading into this season. They're quietly kind of going about their business in third, two and a half games behind uh, Brooklyn for the top spot. Milwaukee starting to get things better. Uh, they're in fourth at 19 and 13. You also have Miami, Washington, Boston, and Philly up there as well. But uh, this Cleveland team's a little intriguing to me. Certainly a, a real good start for that one. The same position that the Pistons are in, right? Okay, very right. Team. But again, this is the team that Beeline had uh, had a lot of hand, good hand in building there. And these same kids that he had before he was fired are putting putting out dividends okay, for that particular team. There's a lot of no namers on that particular team. And we're talking about Cleveland, that is, that are doing significant jobs of keeping them in games. They're over 500. They're an exciting team to watch. They don't do anything fancy, but again, they, they play all the basics right, and they sure play some good defense. 
Out West, Phoenix, best record in the NBA, 24 and 5. Golden State, uh, right behind them, a half game out, 24 and 6. As Steph Curry gets the all time uh, three point record uh, at Madison Square Garden there earlier this week. Uh, Utah in third, uh, 20 and 9, four games out. Memphis, another team, kind of almost like the Pistons, doing very well, 19 and 12. You also have the Clippers, Denver, the LA Lakers, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. A little bit of a surprise for them. And, and Butch, just out west, uh, a couple thoughts that I have. Uh, obviously, Golden State with Steph Curry. I mean, what what can you say? The guy is just a pure shooter, and it took him a lot less games to get that record uh, than uh, Mr. Allen. And what's going on with the L.A. Lakers? Uh, Davis out with an injury. LeBron's been in and out. Uh, 16 and 15. Should L.A. Laker fans be worried? Because that's not exactly a young team. No, they should be worried at all because – I think by February, when things get straightened out, or hopefully get straightened out, right. the injury uh, plug that they're going through right now there, those young kids that are basically getting time on the floor, along with the mixture of the veterans who will be back on the floor, they will be a better team. I, I don't think L.A.'s just going to sit down and take it and get whipped to a no-not-one or not be in the playoffs. I expect L.A. Lakers to be in the playoffs. LeBron, no LeBron, no Mr. Anthony Davis, they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. I, I think the, the, the teaching of their, um, of, their, of their head coach, along with and they, a lot of the, by the way, a lot of the fans are getting on them and whatnot, talking about firing them and all this other stuff. Yeah. He does not. But I see L.A. is not going to have no problem at all. They assume they get people back. And, again, these young kids get the experience that they need there. Yeah, I agree, Butch. I think the L.A. Lakers will be just fine. We're going to take our final break here on tonight's show. When Butch and I come back, we're going to play a little Mount Rushmore, this being the last broadcast here in 2021. Uh, Butch and I are going to put our biggest sports stories of the year on our Mount Rushmore. We'll talk about that all coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets us apart. We like to think of it as teamwork. When it comes to protecting the things that matter most, we have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. It's the holiday season and Reed Metals in Dafter wants to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Did you know in the eastern UP, Reed Metals, your honest metal recycling company, is paying the most money for whole scrap cars and trucks? Bring in your scrap metal and items such as scrap vehicles, heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, vehicle batteries, rims and motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals and leave with a check with your name on it. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals also offers roll-off dumpsters for both residential and commercial locations. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Again, Reed Metals and Dafter wants to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
Skinner's of Pickford wants you to know there are no supply chain problems with their products for Christmas. Although the deliveries from Santa might be a little late because he's having entirely too much fun testing the products. Skinner's has all the farm lawn and garden equipment and recreational vehicles you want for Christmas. I want one of these. <laughs> and as always, parts, service, and repairs. <laughs> but best not wait on Santa, okay? Shop yourself. Skinner's of Pickford, open six days. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern UP for over 38 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Give them a call, 906-632-1235. Or stop by and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 739 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by Butch Davis, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports. Couple score updates locally. The Laker men's basketball team in action right now down in Florida. But a minute left in the first half. Lakers lead Florida State by the score of 36 to 29. And in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders are up on Cleveland 13 to 7. That one has eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Browns have it on the Raiders 24 yard line. Our good friend Dave Watson is doing Sioux High basketball as we speak. Certainly very interested in that results result there. Butch, he's a Browns fan, and that's a big, big game for the Browns. They really got to win that one to stay in the thick of things in the AFC North. They do. Very bad. <laughs> Very bad. Butch, moving on to Major League Baseball and a couple other things before we do our Mount Rushmore of sports stories in 2021. Uh, did see that Justin Verlander will be staying in Houston at least for one year as he signs a one-year $25 million contract with the Astros. So no Justin Verlander back in Detroit next season, Butch, but I think we all knew that anyway. And we won't get no Justin Verlander forever in Detroit. Right. Because probably after this year or next year, he's going to retire. And a smart move indeed, because he's had a doggone good career uh, to ruin it or to ruin himself. And or and he does, he now has family and whatnot. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Justin too much longer there. So I think he's going to take good. And he's a, that's a smart move, too to take it one year at a time there. Yeah, I don't blame him one bit. $25 million for one year. Almost Butch Davis money right there with your agent, Butch. $25 million a year here. What would I do? We would have be on TV. Yes, we would. Yes, we would. Uh, Butch, uh, before we get to our Mount Rushmore, the world of wrestling, I tuned out this week, not intentionally, just a little bit busy. Uh, anything of note in the wild world that is the WWE or AEW that you want to talk about? Well, the big news in WWE is is uh, the manager uh, <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns is no longer the manager. No, nope. got fired, and uh, so uh, Brock Lesnar came on in there to save the day for uh, <laughs> the old manager, get ready to get his rear end kicked into a no, not one, and uh, he beat up all the the three the the, the dynasty of the uh, <laughs> Usos of, of his crew. So. 
they're getting ready for uh, day one, okay? And right now, I think we're going to see a lot today on, on, on Raw to really put the picture in the, in the focus on how day one's going to be. Butch, uh, let's get to our Mount Rushmore of sports stories in 2021. This is the portion of the show. We haven't done this for a while, so I figured this being our last show of 2021 would be a good time to just kind of reminisce and recap what what we thought were the biggest sports stories. Uh, This can include uh, local stories, uh, national stories, regional stories. So I'm going to start, Butch, and uh, my first uh, big story of 2021 is just the continuing COVID-19 pandemic and the return of fans. You know, the beginning of the year, we saw NBA games without fans. We saw NHL games without fans. We saw March Madness without most fans. There were some limited fans, but once baseball season started, we started to see the return of fans. And then, of course, with college football, NFL, and now, uh, for the most part, uh, with fans and all professional sports, that was uh, one of my biggest stories. Uh, it doesn't appear, at least uh, anything that I've seen, that uh, these events have been super spreader. However, with contact tracing and the rapid spread of COVID-19 and variants, it's always hard to tell exactly if those uh, sort of venues are conducive to spread. I would think they are, being that you have 100,000 people in one location. But that was one of the biggest stories to me was uh, to see fans back. Certainly watching sports uh, from the safety of my own house, it's been a lot better to watch these sports with fans. So certainly the return of fans and uh, the continuing battling of this pandemic, which unfortunately is going to go into 2022, and let's hope it doesn't go any further than that. That was uh, one of the biggest sports stories in my opinion butch uh, what was what was one of your big four sports stories of 2021 well i got plenty but i think right now we got to go for the uh, the latest uh sports story here was the catastrophe in um in oxford there yeah. um the way it has um brought out a lot of things that we as parents and as also as a uh, other parents have to be aware of is that our kids are not safe anymore, especially when uh, they don't get the attention deservedly from the parents and the guardians who take care of these kids there. Um, Not only the Oxford situation was bad, but the things that went post-Oxford as far as many of these schools closing down because of threats, uh, kids are making just terrible decisions, and when we got around with trying to get the kids together and get them from stop doing these stupid, dumb little things, we have an adult who just got caught. I saw that. Trying to plant uh, all kind of notes around to get a school, a junior high school closed there. This is a person who has 20-something years or better of schooling and professionalism who's going to lose everything because of a stupid move there. So I, I, I'm hopefully things get better. Uh, the results of those particular situations, along with covert uh, being a, a major point, I'm seeing classes being emptied out, going remote because of uh, maybe one or two kids finding out and uh, from social distancing standards there. Uh, that means you got to dismiss all those particular kids for 10 uh, maybe two weeks because uh, they'll be doing everything remote. Uh, 
it's it's been one heck of a ride here, and you know, hopefully, uh, and I pray things will get better on that resolve. It certainly can't get much worse, Butch. And our thoughts and prayers continue to be with all those uh, schools, especially in Oxford, having to deal with something that no one should have to deal with. And uh, again, earlier, Mark Yule and was talking with you with your question about the uh, MHSAA. Uh, you know, it's a small token, but you know, it, it's a big gesture in my opinion, just to have the month of February, uh, Oxford strong, as they're calling it, uh, having some nice shirts made up. And those, those things matter in my opinion. It's just showing that, you know, as much division as we see Butch everywhere in our lives, which doesn't appear to get better. Unfortunately, it takes a tragedy like this sometimes for people to get together. And it's something that you and I have talked about now for many years, just having a conversation because boy, that seems really hard right now when you have people on different in different camps trying to uh, come to an agreement on anything. Uh, just have a conversation about things because you know what? That's better than a tweet uh, or something as far as the basement warriors, the keyboard warriors in the basement trying to uh, put nonsense online. Yeah, nonsense and a lot of people at risk. Um, personally, that happened at one of the schools that I'm nearby uh, to see personnel have to work overtime dealing with the police departments, going to mm-hmm. kids' homes, uh, parents uh, being arrested and being charged, uh, who should be somewhat responsible for some of these uh, heinous acts that the kids are doing there. Um, when is it going to stop? That's, you know, I guess this two-week pause, I, I'm with Mark here, will probably do a whole heck of a lot, hopefully, where the kids will be somewhat Saying when they come back to school and knowing uh, what the, the the real price of coming to school is for there. Well said, Butch. Uh, my second biggest story of 2021, at least personally, was college football in the state of Michigan. Obviously, the top of the list would be Ferris State as they won the Division II football championship this past weekend down in, in Texas in very convincing fashion. The Michigan Wolverines, uh, preseason expectations not very high, and Coach Harbaugh uh, did beat Ohio State, or I should say his team beat Ohio State, but it was the first time as head coach beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten championship, uh, the play, uh, the championship game for the first time ever, and making it to the NCAA semifinals. Uh, Michigan State, uh, very low expectations going into the season, knocking off Michigan, the only team to top Michigan, and making a New Year's Day Bowl as their head coach Mel Tucker got a very nice contract at 10 years around $95 million but also the Max schools Butch we mentioned already Eastern Michigan made a bowl Western Michigan and Central Michigan both with above 500s in a bowl so uh, college football in the state of Michigan 2021 uh, was stellar and we haven't seen the end of it yet as Michigan has a chance to win their first national championship since a co- national championship back in 1997. I had to put that Cohen Bush. I'm giving Michigan way too much love here. I think I put Butch to sleep with my comment there, so that's okay, my... <laughs> here we go with the little push the button here. <laughs> okay. You know, it will be Division One and Division Two for Michigan there. Uh, you know, hey, that would be that would be totally awesome there for the, for the state of Michigan there. You know, people can't put us down anymore. And they'll put the Southeast Conference in their place too. Well, maybe uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that on January 3rd. Butch, what's your uh, second story as far as uh, things that caught your attention in 2021? 
let's see. I'm going to use the wreck of Tiger Woods. Yeah. He's the guy who wrecked his car and was in terribly bad shape. I mean, couldn't walk, okay? And to see him this weekend be able to compete again with his son and do quite, quite well there, you know, only getting beat by, uh, uh, I think, Daly there, okay, and his son, who was way bigger than they are. Big guy. <laughs> and, and, and and I just found out, you know, that Daly has uh, has cancer and whatnot, liver cancer there. Uh, yeah. That, that was a completely extraordinary there, you know, to see such talent go out there and and, and see some of the new talent come in. That, that was great. But to see Tiger with a son, and they do so well. This kid's only 12 years old. Unreal. Man. Just wait till he gets big and grow up here. What, what, what we got to look forward to in golf there, it was pretty extraordinary there. Then, you know, that was pretty sad when the, the car wreck came about, but looking at it today and uh, that golf tournament yesterday, it was it's pretty unique experience indeed. Yeah, great to see him out there with his son and just great to see him out there in general. Butch, another big story to me, more of a local story, was the Rudyard Bulldogs athletic program in 2021, uh, which continues to go into 2022. You look at the program from top to bottom, very successful, making it to the state final in high school softball, making it to the state semifinal in boys high school basketball, making it to the quarterfinals in girls high school basketball, making it to the quarterfinals in volleyball, making it to regional finals in baseball, wrestlers making it to state championship. The water is rich with athletic talent in Rudyard, and certainly I have ties down there as well and happy to see it. And it doesn't look like it's going to go away because this boys basketball team and girls basketball team will be very tough. And in the spring, you know, the baseball and softball teams will always be there. So the Rudyard Bulldogs athletic program, one of my big stories. Butch, what's another one uh, that caught your attention in 2021? How about the National Signing Day where the best player who promised to go to Florida Yes. Went to Jackson State with Deion Sanders, one of the best quarterbacks in the world there. That was a huge story. I bet a lot of doggone major colleges are Still wiping the egg off their face there. They just can't, they just don't know here, okay? But again, a lot of things are, are changing around there as you're getting some decent coaches that down south in the uh, traditional black college leagues and whatnot there. And a lot of, some pro teams are now going back to getting talent from those particular schools. It's been a long dry spell for those schools I'm just talking about there to get the notice there. But for the number one player in the country to go to Jackson State, that is something else there. It's why it continues to be prime time, Butch, because <laughs> prime time, exactly. My final, <laughs> yes, my final uh, story, and there's many more, but the four that were up, top of my head uh the, the Detroit Red Wings resurgent here resurgence rather this season it's been fun to watch this is a team that's been tough to watch over the last few years and certainly you got a lot of uh, great young talent with cider and and, uh, and and many players on that team Lucas Raymond and you're really starting to see the blueprint or uh, the fingerprints rather of Steve Eiserman on this organization it's great to see the Red Wings playing competitive hockey yes they've had some ups and downs but they're 
they're above 500 after a few months into the season, Butch, and uh, being that any Detroit team is at that point uh, is rare over the past few years. So it's been real nice to see the Wings playing some real good hockey, and let's hope that continues into 2022. Butch, your final uh, big story that caught your attention in 2021. Well, I'm going to flip this page here and look at the Detroit uh, Pistons and the Detroit Lions, the bragging job that they did to make people think that they're going to be a better team than ever before because of the first-round draft pick that the, the Pistons got and the draft pick that the Lions got and the new coaching staff. We're going to claw them. We're going to eat them up. We're going to spin them out. And it took 14 and some odd weeks for the coach to figure out you know, I got to put an emphasis on what I do and what other people do to make our team work. And he finally got the message of it, and we're seeing the results of it, at least for the Lions at the right now there. The Pistons, I don't know what to say about it there. We'll see down the road a piece how the Pistons grow up and develop, but we didn't see I definitely did not see only five and twenty-four record there. I thought they would be a lot more better. Bush, we got about five minutes left. Let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start. No thumbs down. It's the holiday season. I want to keep it positive today. Thumbs up to the Ferris State Bulldogs football team winning their first ever national championship. And thumbs down to all our contributors here on the game, including co-host Butch Davis, co-host David McKaig Jr., and all the different shows on the game entertainment and media platform. We're continuing to add uh, to our platform there on that site, thegamesportshow.com, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. We have sports-specific shows uh, covering all the sports. We added a soccer show uh, this year, as well as a boys basketball Eastern Upper Peninsula show uh, called Full Court Press with myself and Matt Johnson. We had our second edition recorded on Saturday. Lots of traffic and we enjoy uh, doing uh, these shows and uh, putting out uh, some sports content of a local regional and national variety. So thumbs up to everyone on the site including Dave Watson who does Coach's Corner and uh, Sue High Blue Devil Broadcast. We appreciate it and 2022 Butch, we're going to keep pushing ahead and get more out there. So thumbs up to you Butch for all you do for this show and just in general. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. But your I, I, I love it. I can't. I can't get over it. <laughs> but your thumbs. Have some soup. Yes, soup <laughs> exactly. Put your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Uh, no thumbs down. Okay, it's Christmas time here. I will have a lot of dirty linen after the first of the year on the third. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Enough for everybody here, but. uh and the thumbs up here, you know what? Just my thumbs up is that hopefully everyone stays safe, healthy, wealthy, and wise there. Have a very Merry Christmas and a very good Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa to everyone who's out there doing what they got to do. And, hey, be safe and, 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 and care for everybody here. You know, the best way to be safe is be nice. Exactly. Butch, uh, before we let you go, uh, the holiday season again will have us not on air next Monday. We're going to spend time with family and friends. We'll be back on January 3rd for our next edition of the game here on ESPN at 1400. What does Butch on Sports look like for the holiday season? Give our, give our listeners uh, an update. 
Butchie on Sports will be on this Wednesday and again on Sunday. I will not be on the air next Wednesday, okay? I'm going to take some time off to breathe and enjoy getting ready for the New Year's season there. And again, I wish everyone and everybody from the thumb all the way up to the Upper Peninsula where the rabbit is and also (laughs) down here. With a, you know, where everything, all the goodies are going there. Everybody be, please be safe. Butch, a very happy holiday season and happy new year to you. And we will talk to you in 2022 for our next edition of the game on January 3rd. Thanks for joining us and uh, have a safe and a prosperous holiday season, my friend. And you and your family, too. I appreciate that, Butch. And again, a very happy holiday season to all our listeners that tune in, uh, not just live on the radio, but also online at ESPN at 1400.net, as well as downloading the podcast at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Everyone have a very safe holiday season, and we look forward to talking to you in 2022. want to thank our co-host, Butch Davis, along with David McKeg Jr., and our special guest tonight, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, Mark Ewell, for joining us. Once again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in about 15 minutes or so on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for this Monday night edition of the game. We'll be back in two weeks' time on January 3rd for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sioux St. Marie's Sports Leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.